0: Hey it's Mark Shafley here. You're listening to the Jet Centric Podcast.
1: Hey there, Winnipeg Jets fans. Welcome back to the Jet Centric Podcast. My name is AJ One Your Host and this is episode seventy seven, dedicated to Paul Coffey. I think he wore seventy seven, pretty sure. Paul, uh, Ray Borg too. Anyhow, episode episode's not about them, it's about the extension of Paul Maurice. So some of the guys got together, they recorded on the day of the extension, which I believe is Wednesday. I'm recording this Friday morning, uh, just for context, in case there's some details that came out since, and a lot of quotes and whatnot that people, that we didn't comment on, uh, they did record right away. But getting the audio ready, and me finally doing this intro, um, yeah, took a good So, anyhow, uh, I'm not part of the roundtable. It's uh, Ryan, Chris, Mike, uh, another Chris, and Micah. So there's five of them. Um, Talked for about an hour. Uh, pretty much about the whole palm racing so I'll let them kind of say their piece I, I won't steal any of their thunder by some of the ideas because I thought there's one or two things in there that I hadn't thought about that I thought were really good um, I will comment though just um, how this does shift pressure onto to shovel day off and for anybody who doesn't understand this this is obviously if the team fails they put a big vote of confidence into the coach so now they're for three years and I think um, saying that that says that basically we we trust that this is a guy going forward on the coaching aspect so uh handling the players so now the person providing the players is gonna you know be the fall guy if if things don't go well be my be my guess even though um people have said oh they they could don't panic you know if you don't like Paul Maurice, you can still fire well yeah sure you can fire anybody at any time that's not really a great argument three years is a vote of confidence so um i don't know if he'll finish that whole thing but uh, the whole point being that uh, it's kind of Dayoff's job to lose now. How can he recover from this buff situation that he was tied so closely to? Um, if you listen to the last buff episode, uh, there's some stuff in there where I kind of, from what I know, kind of piece together the, the relationship that, as it seems from the outside and from stuff that I've heard. So um, take that for what it's worth. Um, but Paul Maurice, so uh, as you can probably imagine, the podcast group... People isn't super pro Palm Um I always, you know, try and be. Uh, I try and be fair, but I'm definitely not a Palm fan, as you, you know. You, you probably already know or have guessed. Um, but I will say this: I, I think it's a bad move for this reason. A lot of people are talking about how he has got the team to where they're at. Really, they're like two or three losses away from being with the California teams. They're almost last—not you know, last, but near the bottom of the league in like every single category, um, except for goaltending, obviously. So, uh, I'm just not sure that that's that exceptional. If your argument is our forwards are amazing, our goalie's amazing, our coach is amazing, our general manager is okay, you know, so our defense isn't great, but there's some good pieces there, and This is what we're at, 19th in the league, right, in the kind of overall standings and, you know, usually in the 20th or lower percentiles in every category that there is, except for the standings. But again, a a couple losses and a couple wins from another team seem to shift that pretty quickly. So uh, if you think that the standings is all... What they're meant to be i know i just cited them um then i would argue that you probably don't understand the averageness of the middle group of teams in the nhl and you don't understand how parity is is mainly i'm not saying that in a mean way but the way that the parity is designed to keep everybody close together to look like they're closer than they are um that is a thing and then you add in the luck based game and some good goaltending i mean it's not really surprising where they're at that there's kind of just in a play a wild card position or just out of and that itself isn't that impressive being you know you can finish as a seventh wild card and be the fourth best team in the conference right because if the top three are all in or in your division you'd be the fourth best but the jets right now you know are probably more legitimately like a 10th place so and and then you might could be an eighth seed being the 10th place so the the drop-off from a seventh to an eighth can be like from fourth to tenth. So uh, I I just think that's something to consider. Just the way that everything's set up, the standings, the parody, the the way the hockey's played, just the, the fact that it's a luck-based game. Um sometimes can look favorable upon you. So anyone who thinks that Maurice has done an amazing job because he's got them to where they're at, I would say, Where are they at? It's it's really not that impressive. But the team put a vote of confidence in him for the next three years. And um, I guess that is what it is. Uh, uh, yes, you can be fired. Pressure shifts over to shovel day off. And uh, I guess we'll we'll see what happens. I'm just not convinced that being so bad in so many areas is uh, what it should be. Uh, you know, where, the, where where this group and the talent that they do have should be. seems underwhelming. So, but it also sounds like they made this deal essentially back in the summer. And... Um, yeah, So I guess it was always going to happen. Um, one thing I should also mention, though, I should apologize. I did tweet out something saying that it looked like the Jets had planned this... Uh, Announcement, I guess they did at the Hall of Fame luncheon or whatnot, um, to coincide with after the the season ticket renewals are over. I was wrong about that. I do have season tickets. I'm in a group of seven other people, and none of them, who are all way more positive fans than me, want to continue with the tickets. I can't afford to keep them going on my own. Um, So I had to give them up. So I had private conversations with my ticket rep, and my understanding in some of the process of that. Was that the window had closed? So it was. Uh, some people want to uh, attach negative motives to trying to, or conspiracy theories to that. But it was actually my understanding based on just conversations I had, and I thought it was a an interesting point. Found out I was wrong, and then corrected it. So obviously, the people that hate aren't going to notice a correction. They're just going to think that uh, we're a bunch of negative millies, nannies, or whatever, and conspiracy theorists, and just secretly actually hate the team but uh that's not at all so anyhow i figured i should just come clean about that it was an honest mistake even though uh, whatever people are gonna assign stuff to it that's not there okay this was a very very long intro i'm sorry um let's get to the guys talking about uh, Palm race extension i've said my piece there's i could say more but I don't I here it is
2: hello and welcome to episode
3: 77 of the jet centric podcast I am Mike, and I'm hosting this episode with uh, Ryan, C-Mac, Micah, and Chris. How's it going today, gentlemen?
0: Good. Hey, everybody.
4: Pretty happy.
3: We have convened a roundtable for you to discuss the big news of the day, which is that the Winnipeg Jets have announced a three-year contract extension for head coach Paul Maurice. And this is, by my count, his second multi-year contract extension with the team. Um, And uh, this will mean that he'll now be under contract uh, with us as our head coach as Jets fans until the 2022 and 2023 season. So let's get right into it, shall we? You guys see this coming? Was this visible from a mile away? We'll start with C-Mac. Do you see this coming?
0: Yeah, I mean, this has been rumored for a long time, right? Uh, I think we all knew I think it was probably in the fall that this was going to happen and then maybe some of us thought um, with the rough play that they've been having for uh, well over a calendar year that there might be some uh, reconsideration but I think it was inevitable and uh, (laughs) I mean we we knew this was going to happen I think I mean, to get a little bit deeper, I think there is enough built-in excuses for their poor play um, with some of the losses and the buff situation. Uh, you can, we can debate, and we have, if those are actual excuses or not. And then on top of it, they've got a goalie basically saving his job, in my opinion, and as I mentioned uh, last time, I think you got a goalie that should win Coach of the Year, so... It's no surprise that uh, the coach is reaping the benefits of, of historical, borderline historical goaltending.
3: Right. So one thing I'm wondering about, so timing matters, right, when things are announced. Um, why, why now? Why do you think that now is the time that they chose to do it as opposed to, maybe if you're right, Chris, before the season? Why, why not before the season? Why not? Uh, you know, when they were a little bit higher in the standings before Christmas. Uh, Chris Flores, what do you think about that? Why now?
4: Um, Personally, I think uh, they decided to announce it now so they could uh, get back the trust of, like, the loyal fan base because they were recently just on a losing streak. So I think uh, um, it's probably a way to make it seem like things are fine again. That's personally what my thoughts are on it. But, uh, yeah, like Chris said, I think it was, everyone kind of expected it to happen. But then again, um, it happens and you're still kind of disappointed. So, we'll see.
3: Anybody else have a thought on that? I'm wondering about, to me, one thing I'm just wondering about is why, um, just just why now, like why not earlier in the season? Because the Jets were, you know, inflated by Hellebuck for a while, right? But like, like, like they're a bit higher in the standings before. Like, was this? Is there anything to it, or is it just a nothing burger? Um, maybe, uh, maybe uh, Ryan or Micah, one of you can chime in on that.
5: I, I think extending him now was the safe bet because if you say they didn't do it now, like his his contract expires in this off season. Why? And then say they make it to the playoffs, they get a wild card slot because there's no way we're going to place. First or second in the central and then we lose in the first round, why would you want to extend your coach when you lose? Right? Especially if you're Chipman. Because we all know Chipman likes Maurice and wants to keep Maurice. I think Chipman himself knew that he wouldn't be able to extend the coach coming off a playoff an early playoff exit. Or a miss. Yeah. That's absolutely yeah, exactly. a good
0: point. Yeah. If they if, if they miss the playoffs, you can extend them, so you do it now to I agree with both of you guys mm-hmm. completely. Yeah, both of you guys are are on the right track, I
5: think. Yeah, like I, I don't know the answer to why they didn't do it earlier. I uh, maybe maybe there's something about um like just uh just showing that I guess trust and support like before the trade deadline. Like, I'm not sure. If, uh, what's weird to me about this contract though is that this three years takes them one year past the end of Shevel Dayoff's contract. So I'm not sure if this is showing <laughs> you're essentially putting all of your cards on Maurice and just like removing support from shovel day off, <laughs> which is a weird. I'm not sure if it's a coincidence or not, but
3: any reason why Do you think it's at all related to the fact that they finally decided to um, break ties with, with Dustin Bufflin like that's at the time of recording, that's like, what is it like a week ago? That was like, it feels like forever ago now, but does that have anything to do with buff? Cause there was rumors about, Maurice and Buff really not getting along. Uh, I I don't know, C-Mac or Ryan, have you heard anything about that
2: or any thoughts? Well, I think, yeah, There's it's clear now that maybe that Wheeler and Buff may have not been getting along, and that's what caused a split. And we all know that Wheeler and Maurice are very close in that dressing room there on the exact same page. So that was actually one of the first things I thought today was – I wonder if this has anything to do with the fact that, K. Okay, Buff is not coming back. Mm. The contract is going to be written off. So maybe now is time to announce it because there's no one to piss off within the organization. That was my thought on that.
0: And, and then to take that a little bit further, um, as we talked about on the secret episode, or as AJ talked about on the secret episode, it <laughs> seems as though there's a, there's a, a you know, a, a divide and it's a uh, Maurice Wheeler against Bufflin and Chevy thing. And I, I don't know, I'm not going to speak for everybody, but there was some consensus in the Twitter verse today that this spells the end for Chevy day off. Um, mm-hmm. you have uh, really, I, and I talked about this last time. I am just completely over the Chevy's hands were tied excuse. Um, his hands were tied for a little bit in September and October. But you need to do something. And then to tie your to tie your cart to the horse that's Bufflin to the point where you tell him not to retire, which is what we're hearing. I mean, he's made his bed. It's unfortunate. <laughs> Given the choice of the two, I'll take Shovel Day off any day of the week. But I think that's it. I think Shovel Day off is going to be gone at the end of the season um, for sure. I don't think there's any doubt. Do you
1: do think the
3: Bufflin you... situation made it so that? Chipman, who we we all hear is pretty involved, right? Do you think that he had felt like he had to make a choice, you know, between Chevy and
5: between Paul Maurice? I, I think he definitely felt like he had to make a choice, and but part of this though is is raising the question that if this is indeed uh, like the the last of Shovel Day off, right? If this is essentially the like the beginning of the end for him, are we going to see any moves at the trade deadline now? Because why would you? if you're if you know you're going to get rid of your general manager, why would you let him make any moves that would affect the future of this team right
2: absolutely, absolutely. I, I that's go, the part that
5: has me unsure
2: I would go even as far as saying that maybe that shipman has to sign off on those deals before they're even made by Chevy
5: like if there I, even is going to be a deal.
0: We know, or we've heard, and I think there's a safe assumption that a lot of the moves that are being done are being done through assistant GM Maurice anyway. That was uh, some of the reasoning he was brought in. We, w- we were told that publicly. Um, and then you can see that by the type of moves that, you know, some of the waiver wires and stuff like that, these Maurice-style players. So it's not, it wouldn't be surprising if there's a veto or an approval from Chipman on everything anyway.
4: And uh, funny you guys mentioned Chevy, like as of this recording right now, um, Chevy hasn't put out a statement about the Maurice extension, which I find quite odd. So I don't know. What do you guys think? I think that's
3: a great point because uh, I think we alluded to it earlier, but this was Mark Shipman, Jets owner uh, himself. Uh, All due respect to Darren Ford, the actual uh, Jets owner (laughs) Uh, he he made he made the announcement right, so it was it was in an announcement like for an alumni lunch or something like that. So, so but Shipman had a real hands-on approach to announcing this one. Whereas I don't know if I'm crazy, but you'd think that usually there would be like a press conference, and you know, yep. Shipman and Chevy obviously would be have a big role in announcing it. So we haven't had that yet, and I think that's I think that's fair to kind of wonder about. You know, well, why is that? I think I think that's a good one.
5: I, 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 think if it, like the way this was handled, I think we're going to see Chevy fired in the next couple of days before the trade deadline. Because if it's a lot. Well, well, no, think big. about it. Because if it if it's a if it's the Hall of Fame luncheon, you're not going to announce the firing of your general manager, especially if you want this to be about the extension of Maurice, right? So like, can I you...
0: interrupt for one sec? I, I'll yeah. let you continue. But uh, Ch- Chipper did mention this was hard work between. Um, shovel Day off and Maurice to get the contract done just for yes. to qualify that, yeah, yeah. I, like, I guess that but is go true, on, but go it's... on, go on, though, because I'm with <laughs> you. I'm with you. No, 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 I, I'm with you. I agree yeah. with you. I, I think I agree with you. I just wanted to qualify that for the listeners that that, yeah. that was said in the announcement.
5: Uh, well, no, and it's like, sure, you can say that, but is that actually true? Does that actually hold water? Is that just like mm-hmm. a placeholder statement? Because if, if you think about it, if you're Chipman, if you're loyal to Maurice, you wouldn't want to necessarily put a cloud on this day, right? You wouldn't want to mark it with the firing of Kevin Chivell Day off. Especially because it's like people would be talking then, instead of the extension of Maurice, they'd be talking about the firing of Chevy, And then everyone would be like, well, why are you firing your GM before the trade deadline? Like, who's going who's to make these trades, right? And then I I still think he gets fired. I just don't think, like, I think the silence is damning. Essentially, that's what it's boiled down to. I think I it I will think happen, that... but maybe not right now.
3: Yeah, I I know I th- I was listening to twelve ninety and they had Dreger on, and he was Dreger was explaining that 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 from what he is hearing, the Jets are very active in the trade market and everything. And I don't know if Dreger's just spouting as usual. Well, I personally don't I personally don't put a lot of stock in what he says because I think he's a trade deadline salesman in a way. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but. If what he's saying is true, the Jets are looking for trades. Then, then it sounds like Chevy's pretty involved, and I I think that would be kind of further to C-Mac what your what your point was, and you know maybe maybe a vote of confidence that it is still like a three a three headed a three headed team for the Jets between Chevy Maurice and uh, and Shipman.
0: It just opens up. I mean, to get you know to get a little bit, it it just opens up. So many problems. If this is the pecking order, um, we've talked before about how involved Chipman is, but more so, my issue is is Paul Maurice being any sort of in charge. It's it's bad enough um, how he perceives the game. We can all see it that he's still stuck in the you know at the turn of the century. And if he's in charge or semi in charge of acquiring players, I mean, we're in for it you can see what he values, the spizas, the potatoes, you need room guys, you need tough guys, and it's like, I I just, I'm so thoroughly misunderstanding the point of this. The whole thing, the extension, the enjoyment as a fan, like I was said to somebody today, if all they did was change their defensive strategy and got the power play going, I would kind of be okay with this extension. Those two things Mm -hmm. to me are enough. And, but it's not. Huddy's not going anywhere. The stupid man-to-man hybrid thing isn't going anywhere. Despite the mm-hmm. lack of results, um, it's a yawn fest every night. And the fucking fact that liney can't score in the power play should should have been enough to not get an extension. Just that alone.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, amen. But yeah, I'm it, just
0: that... It, it's just getting harder and harder to understand. And this is what I said right before we pushed record. What What... What are the positives? If you're okay with that, with saying he's fine, great. But if you're trying to build a championship organization, where's the positive? Where's the great that's happened in the six years? And on top of that, what type of coach coaches for 10 years now, if you include this extension on a team, when you've made one Western Conference final, and then you're going to miss the playoffs? Like, I just don't – I'm not understanding where the positives are, where somebody – That's apparently an intelligent business person is going. This is the right move for us. Don't get it.
2: What I'm not understanding is all the talk about maybe this was done in the off season. Well, what warranted it at that point? They finished. Well, but they do that all the time. They did that. They did that with little,
0: and they did it with Wheeler. Why are you doing these things early? This is a fucking business. It's not family. It's not friends. Why are we making decisions based on the fact that Paul Maurice loves Winnipeg so now his family feels good about being
3: here? <laughs> well see, Mac, well how about okay, so I mean I gotta ask though, so so Paul Maurice, like a lot of fans are gonna like listen listen, you know, to your opinion and everything and point out that Paul Maurice has had a defense corps of Josh Morrissey, Neil Pionk, and like a bunch of replacement level like nobodies, basically to put it almost positively. So I mean, how do you, like how do you respond? How do you respond to that? Like this guy's had an AHL level defense basically this year, uh, and and I mean, well we've talked about well, we have talked. Hey,
2: Chris, Chris, before you talk about that, I just want to say that's kind of where I was going with my tangent before was he had an NHL defense card. He had his Sherrod, okay. his Myers, his Truba, his everyone last year when apparently this was already talked about, and they sucked last year from December or January on. So you can't use that as an excuse because this isn't the new problem to this year. This is a problem going back over a year of hockey now. That's right.
5: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: It should... <laughs> And 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 we've talked about this. The other side of it is 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 the style of hockey. That's what I was getting to. If you if they were playing a, a easy to operate zone defense, and they were generating offense, and they were fun to watch, I don't think people would be upset by this. But like you said, you're going on thirteen, fourteen months of terribly boring hockey. That's not suited to the roster. So people that that are questioning. Oh, well, look at what he's done with this roster. He hasn't done jack shit. Connor Hellebuck has done this. The goaltending Mm -hmm. has done this. Now, that said, like we've talked about, goaltending is part of your team. That's a great thing that we have Connor Hellebuck. But the coaching hasn't done this. The coaching would tell you that if we had any other goaltender in net, we'd be the worst team in the NHL. Mm -hmm. So, Um, what I want to see is entertaining hockey and something that fits... The pro, the people we have. You don't have Peyton Manning as your quarterback and ru- hand off the ball forty-five times a game. You mm-hmm. design your offense, or you design your sports team around your strengths. That's my frustration. Like I said, there was a point in that game last night where. Th- Every player on the ice was looking over their shoulder to figure out where the fuck they were supposed to be, who their guy was, and I'm like, We're nine years into this system with Charlie Huddy and these guys don't get it. Do you think that's because all the players are stupid or because the system doesn't make sense? Anyway, that's my rant. Great.
3: <laughs> well, I think that it is really frustrating, like for fans, like we've been watching the games and I I mean yeah. I mean Chris, I'm kinda of looking to throw it to you here about people talk like a lot of a lot of fans talk about the expected goals and like getting out shot consistently. And I'm wondering if you can maybe contrast that like like if the if True North is looking at the standings and they're kind of, you know, not worrying about Connor Hellebuck's part in the standings. Like what what exactly where would this team be in the standings? And would Paul Maurice have gotten an extension? If their if their standings were actually if their spot in the standings lined up with with where basically their expected goals and shot totals should be, or say they should be, I should say. Uh, well, uh, see the thing is, um, True North or their
4: in-house analytics are saying that whatever their analytics are, it's good. <laughs> which is I don't know where they're getting that from, but they're saying it's good and we've also seen how Paul Maurice pays attention to the analytics and he kind of just ignores it and goes with whatever he thinks analytics is. And uh, me and uh, C-Mac have, uh, have seen this in person. Someone interviewed um, Charlie Huddy at the fan forum and they were like, do you pay attention to, to analytics? And he was like, no, I just pay it. Just watch the tape. So I think that kinda that kinda lines up with how the organization views analytics. Uh they probably just thinks it's fine, um, to be honest. But I think yeah, I think a big part of the season is just basically Hellebuck saving uh saving this team. Um with the goals, they haven't produced as much as we were expecting them to compared to the previous seasons where basically they were just dominating and dominating every single game and basically outscoring the opponent so much that um, even if they scored, we would still be way ahead. And mm-hmm. we haven't seen that much this season. So, yeah, I don't know. That's uh, my take on it.
3: I'm curious about... Uh, I'm- I was going to throw it to you, Ryan, about where, kind of what, where you see this going. Like, if we look at the next three years of this contract, uh, what is what does the Jets' window look like uh, under Maurice? Like, are we going to expect, are we just going to expect the same model of like great goaltending and bad expected goals, or is are things going to even out more? Like, for for Jets fans, are we going to have another another like conference final run, uh, or more with Maurice over the next three years?
2: I think it's possible under Maurice, but it's what the general manager is going to do to bring in those players that can overcome the systems that are being implemented by Maurice, right? We can't keep riding this goaltender because right now Connor Hellebuck is 26. Goalies usually peak around 27, 28 years old, I believe, or right around this age. So at the end of that three-year extension, we're going to be looking at Hellebuck's productivity going way down. Obviously, there needs to be improvements um, defensively and if they get that and kind of get themselves to a point where they were two years ago with a stacked lineup sure I have no doubt that they can get to a conference final again but that is their absolute maximum ceiling you cannot go higher than that if the systems aren't there to overcome yeah any
3: you guys you guys all agree with that or are you guys feeling is anyone feeling like way more negative about this like I'm trying to figure out where I stand, and I, I think I'm basically with Ryan on this one.
5: Yeah, like, like I think it is a negative thing that this, that like, I I don't think we will win a Stanley Cup with Paul Maurice, but I, I think the positives to this situation, if there are any, is that with Paul Maurice being the quote machine that he is, I think Winnipeg stays relevant in the actual hockey media, if, if that's even a positive you know, because sometimes we forget about Minnesota. Sometimes we forget about not Detroit this year because they're so bad that it's a talking point. But, it, like, b- being actually relevant in the media news cycle is a good thing, I believe, because it, it allows, it like, one, it causes fans to remember who we are. And, like, and also I think it's good for free agents in a sense because they if they actually like Paul Maurice as a coach, I think that's an actual benefit to having him around. So,
3: well, that that touches on something, Micah, that I was wondering about too, which is like, okay, some players probably will like Paul Maurice, and we can guess maybe which ones. But I've I've heard I've heard some rumors that there's some current Jets, some current young players in the Jets that maybe uh, this might be a negative, and someone was suggesting that it might lead to them, you know, asking for for trades eventually down the road or just not signing. So, do you guys? I, I guess like uh, one of the one of the Chris's. Do you guys have a sense? Have you heard anything as far as uh, how this might affect like some young guys, like like how how they're used on the team and like how they might be a part of the Jets going forward?
4: Well, the I... thing is, uh... oh, cool, you, you can yeah. speak first.
3: No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, well, uh, the thing is
4: we saw uh, Roslevic uh, was uh, rumor to have asked for a trade um, before the season, but the, uh, what his agent said was was that he didn't actually, but we don't know. Um, but about that, um, we've his main complaint, I think was because of the ice time and how he wasn't getting the proper opportunities. And but we've seen this season that he's gotten a nice amount of ice time on the top six, and he, right now he's playing on the line with the uh, cop and Harkins, which is just. Dominating everybody, which is super nice to see. And then uh, we've also had the problems with uh, how Maurice views young players. So um, that's back to your point. Uh, With Niku, before he even got into the lineup, he he kept on just being press box for whatever reason. So maybe we'll see it happen. It's been known that Maurice usually favors veterans over young players, so yeah i think uh I think we might we might see it happening again, a, a young player requesting for a trade. I think it wouldn't be out of the possibility out of the of possibility
5: mm-hmm. like, yeah with this re- with this extension announcement i'm I'm actually very worried about when the end of Patrick line's two year contract comes up and he's still an r f a like, I'm wondering if we're going to have another Truba situation on our hands where he wants to leave Winnipeg, and we know it's just like a hand grenade that we ha- we're going to have to trade him and get rid of him before he leaves in free agency.
0: And we, we hear all this stuff, and I don't know where it comes from, and I don't know if there's any proof about what a great coach Maurice is for young players. Um, I'm thinking back. I, I think it's a country club for the veterans, but you think, like, Chris, you mentioned Rosalvik asking for a trade. The Truba situation... Line a was clearly unhappy. Um, Patan, Dano, those guys not getting any opportunity whatsoever. You, you wonder, is that really the case? Niku, obviously, is the same thing. And then we're talking about next year, where there's supposed to be a jump in our defense, defense core with Hainala, Niku, Sandberg, perhaps. Do we really think that Paul Maurice is going to run three, basically, rookies next year on defense? That's not going to happen. So is this coach really a draft and develop coach? Where's the track record for that? Um, I don't see it, especially in his time here. And anything now that he's been here so long, anything before that doesn't matter. What matters is his time here is his track record. So I don't see it. And it's, again, is this draft and develop or is this a loyalty rewards program, the Winnipeg Jets style? (laughs) I don't. I just... I don't know what's going on and why what are we signing up for? I,
5: I think I think the only player on at, at least on the Jets that has truly drafted and developed to Paul Maurice's liking is Mark Shifley. And probably Kyle Connor to an extent. Kyle well. Connor for sure.
1: Yeah. Connor, definitely, but it, but yeah.
5: but it's like because both of them went down, they served their time in the A, like they served their time in the AHL. They didn't really like I guess they didn't really cause any drama then by being like, oh, like I deserve top-line minutes or whatever. And they came up and now they, I guess they do half their job because neither of them play defense, which is which is frustrating for a whole a different reason because Niku will make one bad play as we saw against the Rangers and Paul Maurice calls him out or whatever. And then, Speaking of like, that quickly, did he call out Pionk? No, the, the only players Paul Maurice has publicly called out this season has been Roslevic and, and Sammy Niku.
0: Like Pionk had the worst giveaway other than line A scoring on his own net in 2.0 history.
3: (laughs) And there wasn't even a mention of it. The other, by the way too, do you guys remember like a while ago, there was that article that came out about, you know, about Sammy Niku and just what struck me was apparently one of his, one of the reasons, even why he maybe fell in the draft in his draft year was because of this like kind of bad attitude, but it was based around being incredibly hard on himself. Do you guys remember that? I don't think I'm making that up. So, like, no, I I remember an article
5: that came out that said that he was going to request a trade if he didn't get called up when he was called up this season.
3: Yeah, yeah, so I think my, I did my, see I, that too. So, I guess just a little point, a tangent point that I was going to make is like, I mean, not, I mean, obviously, like Maurice, like, like they work together, they're close to each other, and I'm just the guy on the sidelines, of course. But it's like, if this guy's problem is, if Niku, one of Niku's problems is being like really hard on himself i'm just like man it just seems like he gets bounced around like you know to the press box and and down so much and then to be called out in the media might be like like wow geez are you sure like is that the right tactic i mean like i said i'm not close but but it makes me wonder i it makes if wonder somebody's if telling up... you
0: if somebody's telling you that this is what they don't how they are and then you do the exact opposite yeah i exactly what you're saying mike that's yeah, okay. like what <laughs> kind of strategy is that? Yeah, no, bang on. I never thought of it that way, but of course.
3: Well, just know, to add why... to that,
2: guys. Just, sorry, just to add to that. Niku also came out this year. I think it was in January, right when he was about to play his first game, and admitted that he has a bit of an attitude problem, and he got into it with Charlie Huddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he did. I he admitted that. that he has a hot temper, and that. Mm-hmm. And that him and Hedy went after it, him and Huddy, sorry, went after it after a game. So it is self like he owned up to it and good on him, and maybe he's overcome that, and that's why he's in the lineup now. But I don't think we can just scrub this one and saying oh, Niku's completely innocent because even himself has said, yeah, he has a bit of a hot head.
5: Yeah, and, and no, and it's like even if Niku does have that attitude problem or whatever, there's other there's other cases of, of of like a rookie or younger player being mishandled by Paul Maurice, right? Like with oh, yeah. Billy Hanoila, like, God damn, I wish he was on our team right now. Like I, w- I would still go to Jets games if Billy Hanoila was on the team, but but, in, but I guess it's something completely different because he, he went, but like even David Gustafsson was, is an insanely talented player and we were playing him five minutes a night on a fourth-line center role, which is insane to me.
3: Which, I want to jump in on that. Like, that's, like, we're kind of still talking around the question of, like, that you asked C-Mac about whether Paul Maurice is a draft-and-developed coach. And I'm hearing, when I, I'm just thinking back to the start of the season, and I actually think that, like, Billy Hainola, and I would even include for myself uh, David Gustafson, like you're saying, Micah, as mm-hmm. two examples where that probably people would point towards is like, yeah, like this guy is giving a shot to younger players and stuff. And I guess like, I don't, for me, like, I don't, I don't see him as a draft and develop coach because I look at guys like Kyle Connor and while other people would be like, look, he, he made Kyle Connor into the man that he is today, you know, like, like the, like just the stone cold killer with the puck, man. But, but he, at the same time that happened while you like, Like he had to be, that was because of injuries and like other young players have had to kind of drag, drag Maurice to Mm -hmm. giving them ice time, kicking and screaming, as opposed Mm -hmm. to, you know, a draft and develop team to me would be this coach, like, you know, puts, stretches the kids and gives them like, you know, lets them fail, like at the NHL level and, you know, does more of that kind of coaching style as opposed to, you know, cementing the vets on the power play and, and basically basically never changing from giving the vets opportunity
0: the Mm -hmm. fact that the fact that you've got spisa and potato as regulars and boyu as regulars in your lineup and you've got niku can't make a team heinel is sent back um that tells you that there's no draft and develop that it's all just oh i need guys that are proven well they're proven to be shitty but that's fine Mm
5: -hmm. well it's the same with even jansen harkins right like, the guy was lighting uh-huh. it up in the AHL this year, and then he comes up to the Jets. He's on the fourth line, and he's playing a winger position when he's a center, and we haven't even – I don't think we've played him a game at center yet.
2: You know, He's playing and, third line right now.
5: Is he on the third line right now?
2: Yeah, because last, yeah, last night the fourth uh, line was Bork, Bork, Shore, and so I can't remember the last guy, but uh, Logan Shaw, and they, they averaged less than six minutes last night. Uh, Harkins, Harkins was over eleven. Minutes.
5: Please, please remove that from the. Please edit <laughs> that out. <laughs> no, but, but you, you know what I'm saying, right? Like we'll call up guys from the AHL. Like we call up Tuba Chub- we don't play him, and, and like that. That's frustrating because if you think we were a draft and develop team, we would call people up from the AHL. We'd at least try them out for a game. Like obviously, you wouldn't put them in a cr- critical role. But you you try them out for a game, see if they have the the talent or the the ability to stay and keep up with the NHL guys. If they don't, you send them back down. Instead, we keep them up, we put them in the – we fatten them up with the press box popcorn, and we send them back down. And it makes no sense to me. Like, why do we even make that transaction?
2: Watch us like Vesalainen, right? Right before the All-Star mm-hmm. break, he got called up and Maurice said, we have two games until the All-Star break. I want to see him play one of those games. Kate, okay, first yes. game, you're sitting in the press box. Perfect. We'll see Vesalainen in the last game before All-Star break. Second game rolls around. Sorry, kid, you're up eating popcorn again. Then he's sat down.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Now we have no clue on where he's at in his development. No clue on whether he can keep up with the speed and style of an NHL game. We learned nothing by that.
5: No, exactly. And the and worst if, part is, is that we sent him down in the middle of the All-Star break, so we stopped making NHL money. <laughs>
2: yeah. you,
5: you, think you, would, you think you would just keep them on until the, like, the next game and then send them down. But,
0: and we've talked okay. about this before, how they don't do the plug-and-play, which is, I mean, that's an NHL thing. It's not a, just a Jets thing. But there's nothing more frustrating than, oh, how come... Uh, you know, so-and-so isn't performing in his one chance in the NHL um, because he's playing three minutes a night with Mark Letestu mm-hmm. and, and, and Bork. Of course he's not performing. Yeah. Um, and then, oh, we'll send him back down. He's clearly not ready. Look what happens when you give guys like Appleton and, and Harkins a chance. Look what mm-hmm. happens when you play guys. They, they, they play well because they're
3: good hockey players. So can I say? And that's drafting and developing. I think I think you guys are kind of solidifying for me my I think I have two main points of feeling nervous about the contract extension. And I think number one is number one is the defensive system, which I don't which I don't buy, but but I, I for that it's like, okay, well just Maurice like change your just change the system. Like apparently they've they've changed a little bit. They've they have they have modified it and I'm just gonna resign myself to wishing that they continue to change it and maybe maybe make a defensive coach change. But the other part that makes me nervous is the fact that we've locked up, you know, Kyle Connor and Ehlers and Scheifele and Wheeler uh, and Morrissey and Hellebuck. Like we've made a bet here on our, on our stars. And now it's going to come down to us being like every other NHL team that really needs to get the most out of our like, you know, quote unquote bottom six or farmhands. Like the guys like Jansen Harkins, uh, you know, Veselainen, Spachik, like Hanola, like the, you know, the guys that are coming up that aren't maybe can't miss, but that Mm -hmm. are going to need to contribute. Like in Maurice's like it's true. North is definitely asking Maurice here uh, to make something of these guys. Otherwise, I think it's going to be really tough for us to, you know, get out of the first round, basically. Uh, You know, we need to, we, we we're not going to have that powerhouse roster because the salary cap isn't going to allow it. And it's going to come down to how are we, how do we, how do we play and how do we get the most out of these young guys? I don't know what you guys think about that.
5: I, like, As the system is set up right now, I don't think we have a way of getting the most out of these young guys. You, you know what I mean? like the, the top two lines are set. The third line, once Lowry comes back, is set. So it's really you only have fourth-line minutes to effectively play with. At least that's for forwards. And for defense, like I don't even know where you start because it's like, yeah, sure, Hanoi would fit right in on our defense right now, but he's not here. And as we
0: talked about a couple episodes ago, Paul Maurice clearly has a traditional setup to his roster. And so it doesn't matter who's on your fourth line. We talked for two years, um, even on the old podcast, about why aren't they going with three scoring lines and a checking line. And he's got this top six is scoring. Mm -hmm. Third line is Lowry. Fourth line doesn't play, so it doesn't matter who's on it. Yep. Um until Chevy got him, the second line center bumped everybody down a notch. Um, it didn't matter because that's how he views things, right? It's like mm-hmm. old school mentality, uh two, one and one, and that's it, and it's never gonna change. And that to me is the biggest um like the biggest thing about the whole coaching situation is nothing changes and it's like it's so stubborn. This is the defense we're playing. This is the 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 offensive system we're playing nothing changes it's so stagnant and it's not working so why aren't you changing it why aren't you trying new things
5: um, I, I think, and same I, things I with think the that's Ross- the word that's the word to describe the Jets right now is stagnant we like we, we haven't seen any changes
0: like they changed the power play what was it now I guess two Januarys ago mm-hmm. and it made that big jump and then they changed the penalty killing um, and they took the power away from Maurice and um, Jamie Compon took over the penalty killing, and they went from, whatever, 27th in the league to 8th in the league, or whatever the hell the jump was. That's like, well, doesn't that tell you that when you make changes, you gotta, you know, something happens? Even if you don't, like I said earlier in the in the show, even if you keep the coach,
3: fucking try something different. It's not working.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> exactly. That's what I was trying to get at there. That's I, that's basically where we're at now anyways, right? That's, the contract's signed, so we're just gonna have exactly. to He's willing to change. Well, right? you,
2: no, he did change something, Chris. They got rid of the second unit altogether. Now they just play the first unit the entire game.
0: Yeah, for play. <laughs> but they still can't figure out how to get Patrick Laine the puck. Like you can't, Whoa. like how? I just, <laughs> you guys, how is it possible that Alexander Ovechkin has scored forty-two percent of his goals from that spot? Forty-two percent of seven hundred
5: because they're able to get him the puck.
0: Exactly. So why aren't you, if, and I have a tweet that I throw out about twice a year that says just watch their video and do exactly what they do.
2: Yep. Well, they figured out the pass from Wheeler and all that's mm-hmm. left is a pass from Pionk and Pionk either throws it into his feet or five feet in front of him every time. So, Well, if it even gets why there because it's try so fucking offensive. slow. Yeah. Oh, and that, yeah. yeah.
5: Yeah, like that's the thing, and it's and and, and, like all credit to P. I I think he's I think he's had a decent season off off the power play, but he also doesn't. I don't think he has the shot that commands respect on the power play as well, because they know he's just going to pass it to Line A, right? And that allows that allows the penalty killers to cheat, you know, because because he's not going to be able to just boom it right home from the blue line. So he's going to do that little like little pass to Line A that's going to go five miles per hour. thinks it's in a school zone <laughs> and then like i don't know i like i honestly i know everyone's saying we should try nico on the power play so that's what i think we should do we should try nico yes. on the power play or at least or on power play one because power play two doesn't play so or put eelers there yeah put
4: the Ehlers on the first unit replace yeah. cal Connor with eelers
5: yeah. put eelers at the fucking point. Why, like, why do you, why do we even have a defense, if our defensive unit is so bad, why, why do we even have one on the power play?
0: I just, again, again, how can, how can you walk into work every day with the second best goal scorer, maybe fourth, depending on your definition, in the world on your team, and you can't fucking figure out a way to get him the puck on the power play? And you're okay with that? And your boss is okay with that? And your boss's boss is okay with that?
3: Yeah. I can't fucking understand that. Do, so, do was, you think lining enjoys it? according to plan. I wanted it. we I think we're going to get a little bit up to the time here. I wanted to finish off with um, with a question on one a different topic. But first, uh, yeah, Flores. I wanted to throw it to you about. We've talked a little bit about like the young player aspect, but I don't. I don't know if we've really keyed in on yet. I wanted to get get you to comment on basically how Maurice has been with the vets, and I guess like what you've seen from Shifley and Wheeler? Uh, and I guess maybe, maybe mostly Shifley lately because yeah, what have you seen from Shifley? And do you think that maybe, like, some people have been wondering if he's been getting, like, very complacent, uh, like, as a player. Like, what have you seen from Shifley? Because that's a really big deal, what your coach is able to get out of your number one center.
4: Personally, so I've been watching the games, and I, this is just from my own opinion. I think Shifley has been lazy recently, mm-hmm. like most especially on the defense, if, the defensive t- side of things. Like during that one overtime where I uh, forgot which team it was that scored on us, Shifley was just there and didn't really like go after the puck. So I don't know. I don't know if he if he's playing hurt or what, but something isn't right with. Shifley
5: definitely. Um, is, this, is, that, is that on the coach then? I, I think mean, I think the issue maybe is part of it. Yeah. Like I think the issue is that Adam Oates doesn't teach defense. You know? Oh, oh, like right. safely always goes coach. there for trip. Yeah, yeah, he goes and... there in the off season and then he like works on this way to do like a backhand bank pass and then it's like, oh a stick lift? What is that?
2: Well, and also Adam Oates, that should be on the head coach.
5: That's right, right. and know. the
2: coach,
0: and the coach has no clue how to evaluate defensive talent because he thinks Kyle Connor's is the best defensive winger they have. So <laughs> yep. obviously Shaypley is killer on the
5: team too.
3: Yeah. Yep. Like
4: I, but it's like
3: come on like it's not even evaluating defensive defensive acumen because when Mark Scheifele crosses like his half of the red line it's basically like it's like a video game and you drop the controller like you just He's just coasting right now. It's obvious, and Maurice obviously must see it. Like, all the other players. But, like, something's happening with the coach,
2: no? Do you think maybe this has to do with his shift length, which would, yeah, go back to how Maurice is utilizing him? Because on a 22 shifts last night, we'll just use last night as an example, Scheifele's average was a minute and 10 seconds long. Oh, my God. Okay, here is his last six... Shifts of the game his last six shifts were a minute 19 a minute 10 111 118 134 and his last shift 4 minutes and 10 seconds he played Ooh. from 50-50 of the third period till the final buzzer nice no. <laughs> okay so there was a goal like
3: that was the last shift would have been goalie pulled
2: uh um, yeah and i understand uh, that strength. but even in the first period he had a 202 which would have power play a 124 which was even strength oh two hundred three, a 121 that's just in the first period like if
3: you're interviewing a new head coach like just to keep it on paul Maurice, if you're if you were like looking for new coaching looking at new coaching candidates obviously like one of the things you would be keying on is like how do we get more out of Mark Shifley?
1: And playing him <laughs>
3: less
5: is probably the answer, not more. Matthew. I, this, just, is almost, this is like the opposite of Babcock's problem, right? Like everyone clowned him for not playing Matthews, and now like, well, Maurice just plays Shifley too much. You know what's
0: funny is all of these defensive questions of started in the last two or three weeks with Shifley. I can remember in December and in January, both months, saying to my girlfriend, Shifley looks completely lost. And then, sure enough, he would score a goal or two and score five over the next seven Mm -hmm. games or whatever. But I was even noticing it, like, the whole 200 feet. Last year. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I totally agree with you. Since since November. Distinctly since November-ish. That the whole game is disinterested. It's not just Mm -hmm. a defensive game. We're just noticing the defensive game now because it's it's turned to complete shit. Um, But he's playing with the, you know, two really good players on the first line getting as he gets to stay on the ice as long as he wants. He's on every power play one he's on at the end of the game. So, of course, he's putting up stats, um, but he doesn't look good at either end of the rink, as far as I'm concerned, despite putting
5: up points. No, I, I, I agree with you. And it's like we, we, he's obviously he's our number one center. But I, would he be a number one center on any other team that's like obviously besides Detroit? Or is he number one center that can take you to a Stanley Cup? Never mind. I don't don't think he is. It's like we keep, like, you know, it's eternally we want a second center at the trade deadline, but it's like I think we want a first center. Wow. Like, and like, I'm not, that's not like clowning like Shifley because he's a great offensive player and we know that. But it's, it's the same, it's almost like to compare it to like the NBA, it's like Carmelo Anthony. You know what you're getting, you're getting a great offensive player. But it's not—he's not necessarily the guy for your team because he doesn't contribute on defense.
0: Is Shifley like the two guys at Nashville that are supposed to be number one centers but really aren't? Like, I don't. Yeah. Who would you, you know who would you match him? Matthews dominates him. Um, Crosby, all of right, all the elite guys obviously dominate him. But even in the second yeah. tier, is he is he as good as Tyler Sagan? Is he as good? You know,
2: I don't. I don't know.
5: Uh, I I, I would use... want Tyler Seguin more than I would want Mark Shifley on my team.
2: Yeah, I think if we're going to use that analogy, though. In basketball, one player can make your entire team. Look at Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, all that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think uh, another center is going to take this team to where they need to go. I don't think the top six forwards is the issue. Because yeah. because you're, you have your wingers, right, that, that kind of make who you are. So I don't think you can look at the individual player and say he's not the first line center that we need. That's far from what I think the issue is right now. You need to start loading mm-hmm. up on defensemen.
5: Yeah, no, no, exactly. When I was bringing up Shapley, I wasn't necessarily saying that this is actually the issue. And it, like our defensemen are fine. It's I, I I just think that it's we have this again to bring up that word. St- we've stagnated, and then yeah. it's to and and I think that if we put it all like the large majority of our issues are defensive issues but to say that it's all on defensemen is i don't think that's the right way to say it because i think we have forwards who who don't it's a it's, yeah. it's a team it, mindset it's a, like defense isn't just played by defensemen it's a team game exactly like if we want to say that it's a team game we have to say that all aspects of the team have to play defense
0: and i think we've seen in the past with a lot of nhl teams that consider themselves or the media considers um contenders that sometimes that whole top six top nine just is full of a bunch of players that maybe aren't as good as everybody thinks they are i'm not saying that's the case with us but i think you see that sometimes i'm thinking about like maybe the last toronto run um i know there was times when i was a coyotes fan where you thought they were really good and but really every guy was just you know 10% Ten percent not as good as you thought they were and then that's why they just constantly fail I know there's other there's other teams like an Edmonton where you just you're not deep enough and so the stars get blamed for it because there's third and fourth lines suck all that but it is possible and I don't think that that is I agree with you guys that's not the reason but it is something to think about that mm-hmm. maybe these guys aren't as that great other than you know maybe line A and, and Ehlers, right I don't know <laughs>
3: so i want yeah. to take this one one last i think this i think yeah i think these are good thoughts that you guys are bringing up but i i wanted to finish off with one last question because we're kind of running to the end here but more i guess more based on like just the reaction from that you guys have seen from other jets fans about this um i wanted to present to you guys and hear your thoughts on uh so mirada test of the athletic um cough former jet centric podcast guest like several times uh he asked a question on his twitter account uh asking his followers if paul Maurice deserves like quote unquote deserved an extension um and basically after almost 700 votes i wanted to see do you guys have a guess of what marat's rat's followers said uh let's let's just you know ryan you're the conce- you're the contestant i want to hear a, i want to hear a guess just to see if this meets expectations how many people <laughs> thought that this was a, go- a deserves extension I'd probably say fifty percent. So I think it's uh, over fifty. Yeah, you guys are actually right. So now I'm seeing you guys probably looked it up on Twitter, but yeah. So- I did.
2: I was stalling I was <laughs> Oh, stalling okay. God, look it up.
3: <laughs> I was freaking out because like, if my question that bad? I was like, oh shit. <laughs> okay, uh, so which which? Okay, so the the poll results like 700 votes, so a lot, and I think like Maratitesh has like a pretty, maybe like a. a Perhaps more you know learn learned or reasonable fan base uh, mm-hmm. than the norm but but he had you know fifty percent of the respondents said yes, he deserved an extension, thirty percent said no with twenty percent kind of you know you know saying this is hard, I guess was the third response, so were you guys surprised that like I would probably say I was a little bit surprised that that no was as high as it was um, I I guess throwing it to you, um, uh, Chris Flores, first, did anything surprise you? And you guys can kind of jump in after that.
4: Personally, I wasn't surprised by the results. Um, I think uh, most of the fan base in this city think of Paul Maurice as a great coach. Um, Thing is, though, if you actually pay attention to the games, you'll see that it's Hellebuck who's carrying this team this season. So maybe part of it is recency bias with people just thinking that, oh, they're winning games, so he probably deserves it. But, yeah, I, I don't know. That's my thoughts on it. Um,
2: I, I'm personally not surprised by it, though. Yeah. yeah, One of the answers on that question was a throwaway as well, and that got 20% of the answers. So let's say it's 60-40 in favor of yes, because he had a throwaway answer, and they're just to pretty much show the results. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, I think we're leaning 60-40 that people like this move.
0: So, my, here's my biggest thing with coaches in general, is coaches aren't supposed to be likable. Like, that shouldn't be your criteria. And this is what drives me nuts about, especially Winnipeg sports fans, they did the same thing with Paul Apolisse when he was coaching the Bombers. Even Claude Noel, let's not forget, people thought he was a good coach. Being likable is part of being a coach because that's how you become a coach and that's what should get your players to rally around you is being a likable human being. Paul Maurice is super likable. He's super entertaining, whatever. But look at the results when you're judging a coach. And that's where my frustration comes in is – I don't see any results. He's coached for 21 years and he has two Western or two conference finals. I just, yes, he's a great guy. Fine. He loves the city. Great. Um, That doesn't equal. He's a great coach and he's good
3: for this roster. Does someone want to finish? uh, I think we've got to wrap this up because we're kind of up against it here. Um, I'll, uh, I'll just volunteer myself to read, uh, to read one closing tweet, which is from uh, Adam Wozni. (laughs) <laughs> Ten months ago, there's a serious problem in the room. Today, right man for the job. So, I guess we'll uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Three years of this,
5: uh, uh, I don't know.
3: I think I think he puts it pretty succinct. I think he puts it pretty succinctly. There's, um, I think that's uh, that's food for thought there for everybody. Mm-hmm.
5: I, I would I would bet money that we're not going to see him finish this contract. Uh,
3: okay, let's let's finish up with that question. Who is yay or nay? Uh, Paul Maurice is still the, the head coach at the end of the 2023 season. No, Yes man. or no? Micah says?
2: No.
5: I would say end of 2022 season. Ryan, what do you got?
2: I say no. I'm with Micah.
5: C-Mac?
0: Oh, there's no chance, but that's only because hockey history. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you use Jets history, I would say yes, but I say there's even if, and I'm fully expecting, just for the record, I know it's supposed to be a quick answer, that they're gonna <laughs> follow, they're gonna fall apart here because mm-hmm. I think there's enough. If this is just there's nothing behind this. It's just my own feeling that there's enough people in that room that don't like him as a coach that they're gonna fucking collapse. Um, Fl- I don't Flores. think the young guys like him, and I think he, he's going to be a disaster.
3: Flores, does he survive this? Uh, does he finish this contract? Does he get? Another Are going to be the
4: different answer here? I'll say yes.
5: <laughs> is right, baby.
3: Uh, okay. Well, because yeah, uh, Chris, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, man. Because Barry, like, look at Barry Trotz. I think this might be a Barry Trotz relationship.
2: Yeah. Okay. Um, so, sorry. One last question here. Would you rather have three more years of Paul Maurice or three more years of seeing C macs Brother on TV every thirty seconds at night? Because he is on every commercial on every channel for the last two months.
0: But he's been on that for three years. Why isn't it only people noticing this year?
3: Because I have TV now.
5: Why is that the choice <laughs> that
3: I have to make?
5: <laughs> can I can I abstain? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't okay. listen. You can say
3: whatever you want. <laughs> oh. oh, I'm only saying bad things then.
0: <laughs> okay, guys, this is a great
3: this is a great chat. Thanks for taking the time and and um, and uh, for doing this. Let's also thank uh, thank you, the listener, for tuning in. We're going to wrap this up. So, on behalf of Ryan, Chris, Cmac, Mike, and myself, thanks for listening to another episode of the JetCentric podcast. It was awesome. I want to say, if you're a first timer or you're kind of new to the JetCentric uh, podcast experience, uh, hey, maybe consider subscribing and uh, giving us a nice review—you know, a nice positive review on iTunes. That'd be great. Uh, and maybe check out some of the past episodes. I mentioned before, like you know, we've had Murata Teshon, um, Kurt Kielbach former Jet Grant Clitsam. Uh, there's been some really good ones. Uh, I interviewed CBC's Barley Keeves. Uh So there's a lot of, a lot of good standalone episodes uh, as you uh, hunker down in the very cold Winnipeg wet weather or wherever you find yourself listening to this. So, yeah, check us out. Uh, thanks for listening. And um, uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll probably check in before the trade deadline. So with another episode.
5: I'm Kirk Gilback, and thank you for listening to the Jet Centric Broadcast.